Welcome back to the Yablockty podcast with me, Dom Birch. This is the podcast where we get to speak to thought leaders from across the industry. And I'm delighted this week to welcome onto the podcast Oran O'Flynn. Now, Oran is the founder of a company called Soul Search, and Soul Search is aiming to revolutionize the way that businesses and individuals verify and maintain their relationships. A fellow blockchain technologist, well, I, I use that term lightly in my case, uh, RN is creating digi-proofs, which are digital proof of a relationship between two parties, which sounds very, very interesting. Oran, welcome to the Ubloxy podcast. It's- Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's just sort of reverse back a little bit before we get into Soul Search. Tell me a bit about you, because when I was doing my research, and I'll confess, when you told me last week, you've already been over and worked at NASA. So, you know, you're going from, uh, have we got a problem, Houston, to then coming home and designing your own blockchain company. Reverse back for me. So I was fortunate to be in a, a very um, supportive secretary school of, of different um, opportunities and I've always had an interest in science. I, I took all the sciences when I was in secondary school. So physics was kind of the one that I landed on quite a bit. And an opportunity came around when I was about 17 to go to Texas, to, to Houston, and participate in a thing called FISA, NASA. Um, so it's a, a space school, essentially, where 50 students around the world come together and plan missions to Mars. So... It was quite a an interesting experience to say the least, um, but but invaluable all the same. And just being in the room with fifty like minded folks, but from all around the world when you're when you're seventeen. I mean that and it, that alone must have been really really inspiring. Yeah, it was absolutely, and it wasn't even just the students alone. The people they introduced to us, um, we got to meet Everett, the the man who first found water uh, evidence from Mars. Um, so it was all kind of uh, overwhelming to say the least, but. Uh, undoubtedly one of the best experiences I could have had. So then fast forward a little bit and, you know, you've gone to uni and you went to uni and you did it. Did you do engineering at university? Yeah, I did process and chemical engineering for for four years. And then you come out of that and then you're going, right, I want to be an entrepreneur and actually I'm going to get involved in technology. So I presume, did did you have a sort of an early interest in things like, you know, decentralised finance, cryptocurrency, all those kind of things? Well, I first got into it when I was about maybe 15 or 16, so about 2015, 2016, I first started trading, it was called Verge Currency, Verge Token, and that was through Bittrex. One of the issues back then is you had Coinbase, but they were only allowing you to purchase uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum, so you had no on-ramping system. So it was all kind of first-hand experience of of how, how complicated it could be at the beginning, but it gave me a good grasp of how it worked fairly quickly. You then go right. I know what I'm going to do now. I'm going to I'm going to create this verification platform. So, what was the start point? What was it that you noticed that the world was missing, and you thought, "Hang on a minute, this this there's a there's a gap here. There's there's a requirement." I think a lot of it stemmed from a, a huge drummed up interest. So, you started to get massive amounts of different things called meme coins, which were essentially coins that people would just buy into purely for the name sake. Then you had NFTs kind of pushing out in 2017, becoming massive in 2021. But what I noticed was the ability for rapid technology to be, to be developed in this area. And what that led to was a lot of bad actors being introduced into the pool. So what I figured was after a few, uh, I suppose, experiences you could say in um, being rug pulled or liquidity pulled I found that 
I wanted a way in which I could look at a company and see that they were connected to someone or they had some sort of relationship that I could verify so that I could back my investment or my purchase. So that was where the original kind of uh, soul search started to come up from, just the ability so that I could verify something. And I guess it's kind of what, you know, old fogies like me relied on social media to do maybe 10 years ago. It was like, wow, here's an, a digital way of connecting with a fellow human being, perhaps I've never met before, but we've got some shared interests or a passion. or, And then it's kind of all gone a bit south, hasn't it, over the last sort of five, six years. And there's been, you know, plenty of scandals of Facebook being manipulated and fake fake accounts on Twitter. My gosh, I mean, is there anyone real on Twitter these days? So it's kind of in that context, yeah. isn't it, that, that something like your product comes along and says, well, actually, how do we actually verify it so that both parties can trust the fact that they really exist and they, and there is a relationship between one another? Exactly. And, and I think I came at it from a perspective of maybe that, just like what you were saying, we've tried solutions as we went along. And who's to say that blockchain shouldn't work in this instance? We're not guaranteeing that the success of of all verifiability will be true blockchain but it's definitely worth a shot of utilizing this technology that can actually have a verifiability behind it because as you were saying we're so used to these walled gardens these uh 5000 data points that they all collected on us with with Facebook so i think it came to a point where let's create something that's open this distributed ledger technology is here so let's just see what it can do for us to to make this world a bit more secure around it and I think Twitter is facing a lot of things now with, with bot accounts. I know Elon Musk is doing his bit to try and get rid of them. Um, but there's definitely a lot of issues with their with their stacks and stuff around software at the moment. So I think um, testing this blockchain uh, system is proving to be quite well around a lot of different areas. And people don't even know they're interacting with it really yet. And, and I suppose it's kind of bringing web three if you like um to life isn't it because it it feels like we're going through this sort of next natural stage or evolution you know revolution if you want of of the kind of digital sort of revolution that we're going through right so you sort of start off with very simple web which was I guess kind of wallpaper, right? You know, the early websites were just a page held and you can find them. Then search engines come along and really, really adapt. And then this sort of web two of actually been able to interact, create your own content and the proliferation obviously since of sites like TikTok that just explode in sort of, you know, super quick time, but allow us to be the content creators. And then web three is kind of like, it was put to me when I was at a conference in Toronto that if you're not paying for it, then you are the content and that sort of transactional nature of how the big tech firms have kind of traded, if you like, off our collective data, our, our personas, our rights, our, our likes. And then Web3 come along and says, hang on a minute, we can arrest that sort of sense of ownership back again to the individual, whether that's a company or a, or a person. I mean, it's really exciting time, right? Do, do you feel like you're kind of at the cusp of this new evolution to to the digital world that we live in yes absolutely i think in that area especially around let's say going from like you were saying blogs kind of originally non-interactive sign in with google and now finally web3 i think we're really at a, a pinnacle moment right now because we even have apple and facebook bickering so when you go on to apple now and you download a new app and it says allow app uh, not to track that was a huge dig to, to Facebook around um, getting user data and, and all those kind of things. So it just shows how valuable of an industry it is because it's destroyed Facebook marketing. So I think where we're at at this position is people now, especially I think our generation, have an understanding of how valuable our data is. Now, 
given and having said that, I think we're at a point where my generation has given up a lot of data. But at the same time, we are aware now of how much it is worth. So I think with Web3 coming along, the ability to monetize your data, own your data and know who's utilizing your data is extremely important. So when you're interacting with wallets, for instance, signing transactions of of knowing what you're actually interacting with is is hugely important. So um, definitely we're at a really good area right now. But one of the big things is education around what you're actually doing and how it works, because you're now dealing with the back end nearly essentially. And that's it, isn't it? I mean, you have to find a way to translate what is quite technical and kind of under the hood. And for a lot of business users, even for a lot of individuals, they're kind of like, they don't really want to know how the television works. They just want to know that it's going to be HD, right? And so how do you address that? Because, you know, you have to kind of help people go through that educational process. But how do you go about (laughs) translating what is quite a it's quite a technical area into something that makes sense for people. At the end of the day, and I think you, you'll you know this as well, that UI UX is, is absolutely everything uh, for customers, for that user experience. And to, to put one an example, I would talk about Sam Altman's uh, ChatGPT. That's a very, very complicated neural network of, of uh, machine learning models. But what he's done is he's created a simple interface, a chatbot. It's most simple analogy of how you could interact with something and i think what we can do is something very similar in a sense of just getting people to understand all we're doing is verifying that that relationship exists and it's true so we really don't need to get into the details of what it actually consists of and i think ethereum the network itself is doing some good things um only there at east denver the other day erc 4337 was announced which essentially is a leap forward in how people interact with wallets it allows people to pay subscriptions through their their cryptocurrency wallet it allows them to um sign and and reject transactions in one in one fell swoop so i think everyone is is best at being obsessed with the UI UX at the end of the day because you can have the most complicated back end but you can you can narrow that all the way down to the front end and make it quite simple to a click of a button so you don't need to overcomplicate the system you just need to, to create that simple UI UX so talk to me a little bit about digi proofs then right so you're a blockchain enabled technology platform so you you're creating this digital proof which is I guess, helping verify then the relationship between two different parties. And over time, that could be two companies that are contracting with one another. Or I guess it could just be senior leaders in two separate organizations that are kind of trading off the kudos of being connected to the other one, right? And you're able to then create this digi proof, this kind of, well, this token, I suppose, that says, you know, that's true. This is correct. You can rely on the fact that that relationship is real. Yeah, exactly. So we we essentially um, connect different data points around the relationship itself. So what we're aiming to do is create an overview of the relationship to a degree. Um, so we we'd collect the relationship type. So was it a partnership, collaboration? We would then collect a, a description of what the relationship is. Then we would collect the parties in the relationship and then finally an image to, to display it. So usually used for media uh, purposes. And then what we do from that is we mint that relationship and two tokens are sent to both company or entity wallets. And from there, that symbolizes the relationship. So what we have then is what we call a sole search engine, similar to your your Google search engine or your Bing search engine that you would 
type in the company name or the person name and be able to uh, see the relationships that they they hold with people and and companies. So we're really trying to do here is protect brands and, and protect users so that they can find out information at a simple search. And it's, it's a really interesting concept. And have you found that you've had to kind of, you know, I hate the word pivot, right? But it's true, as, you, as you're sort of developing out of business and you're still in the early stages, um, having to sort of like be agile as you go and, 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 or have you just are you still at that kind of dogmatic sort of like I've got a vision I've got a point in the you know in the future that I'm heading towards and nobody's going to knock me off course how how are you finding that because it's you know it's it's challenging running a, a a technology company when you're cutting new ground absolutely I think pivoting uh, you should never let your your ego take over on on anything around business I believe ensuring that at the end of the day, you're selling to a customer. So interacting with the customer and actually getting an understanding of what they require. There might be certain features that I have in our roadmap that many people may not envisage being correct. But what we can do with those is we can pivot off the back of those and create something that people will actually use. So um, pivoting is is absolutely um, okay with me as we move forward. But I think the core uh, back end will stay the same. It's nearly more about how we tell the story or how we sell the product at the end of the day will switch um but that's the only thing i believe that would change as we go along um a huge part of my roadmap and building process is iterating off the back of these uh, beta users that we're now going to onboard and and get an understanding of what they want as they, as they will be the customer what's as you look around the corner then what's you know and i don't want you to give away all of your <laughs> your USPs and secrets, right? But, but you know, as you're looking around the corner, what what is it that you're imagining the future could look like in the in the coming years ahead? Or what what's really exciting you about about that sort of um, that world that we're moving towards? Yeah, so I think an area in which I'll base it off is a, a simple thing uh, around Revolut, uh, especially I think to understand. So Revolut have have simplified the payment uh, industry, especially for younger generations, but also older generations as well. And here in Ireland, it's been a huge matter around them getting Irish IBANs. So recently they were they were chased off um, because they, they weren't being given their IBANs, but now they've been brought back again. So it's a huge combat now between Revolut and our banks, so like Bank of Ireland and, and AIB. And I think it incentivizes a good idea around uh, payment processing and how that can be simplified down and narrowed down it's never it's never done so stripe have figured stuff out but now revolut are doing great things so for us we feel we can offer help around payment processing as well in the future um i think a huge part for us is procurement um and and that's one thing that i've always been looking to drive towards a huge example of that in most recent terms is around polygon so polygon put a 60 million euro bond on the, or sorry, Siemens have put a 60 million euro bond on Polygon and uh, interact with three banks through that. And they've said that they've simplified loads of costs and paperwork. So what we hope to do is to emulate that and allow companies who aren't, let's say, as big and can push out a team like Siemens to settle something like that. And we can provide value like that to, to customers moving forward in the future. The other thing I just wanted to ask you is like, being on in Ireland, right, and and part of not just you know the Republic of Ireland, but also the whole island of Ireland, it feels to me, and I would say this, wouldn't I? Because we're based up the road in Banbridge, but it feels to me like 
there's a lot of an amazing innovation taking place. And because, you know, somebody once put it to me uh, from AWS actually said, you know, Northern Ireland particularly is a bit like Goldilocks. It's, it's not too big and it's not too small. It's just about the right size. So the networking is great. Everybody kind of knows somebody or knows somebody who knows somebody. But it's also big enough that you can get things away in pilot and proof of concept to actually demonstrate the use case of something. And then you can accelerate quite quickly. What's your view? You know, as a young entrepreneur in Cork, what, as you look out, do, do you sense that, that, that there's a real sort of momentum building in terms of digital capability as a, as a sector? Absolutely. And I think the, the benefit of what our generation and kind of age group has is the ability to reach out through the internet. So we no longer have barriers, essentially, of who we can speak to, who could back us, who could fund us, who could be our advisors it's it's now as simple as a click of a button to interact with people so taking an idea now and speaking to someone about it getting a bit of validation off it and then being able to broadcast that outwards i think our generation is so well capable now of going let's say viral for instance on tiktok youtube all these different things so not only in ireland are we very lucky about the the different supports we have but just globally now with the access that we have to the internet um if anyone has a solution that can help humanity in any way or simplify systems in any way, they now have the easiest route to be able to get validation off the back of that. Right, last question. I've got to ask you this. Having been over in NASA, you know what, when you were a tender age of 17, Oran, are we going to get to Mars in the in the sort of foreseeable future? What's your best guess? Is that something that's within reach? Or is it one of those moonshots where actually the it doesn't matter so much as the trying to attain it will lead to the innovation that we're after. So we were in charge of um, orbiting and, and landing in our team. So we were um, uh, called the, the Maroon team, essentially. So um, a big thing around what we're really trying to achieve with, with Mars and everything is validate and, and prove that we can, first of all, travel such a long distance, um, but also build a tech that can take us further. So we have exoplanets that emulate Earth. Uh, quite similarly with water um, and an atmosphere and everything like that. We've done some pretty horrific damage to Earth itself. I'm not too sure will we stop if we if we find other planets similar to us and be capable of travelling those light years away. But I do think that with 2030 being on the roadmap for Elon Musk and Star uh, um, SpaceX, um, I think in the very near future we'll be seeing long distance travel and and going beyond Mars. Um, with with human life. So it's definitely going to be quite interesting over the next uh, 20, 30 years. Certainly is. Well, hopefully I'll be well into my retirement by then and I've got the golf handicap (laughs) down a little bit, let's hope. But um, no, I mean, it's it's fascinating to imagine, isn't it? You know, I was thinking about chat GPT recently and and of course, you know, when anything new comes out, people then start to have that slight moral nervousness of where's this leading to. But, you know, imagining 30 years ago that you didn't have a supercomputer in your pocket, in your hand, able to answer any question through Google or whatever, would have just been, it'd have been hard to have conceptualised that being the truth, you know, and, and go back 30 years before that, we didn't have colour yeah. TV. So, you know, who knows, who knows where we'll be. Well, listen, Oran, I'm pretty confident that wherever we'll be in the future, you'll be making a success of it. Um, thank you so much for coming on <laughs> to uh, the Ubloxy podcast. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to uh, keeping a close eye on how Soul Search uh, develops in the months ahead. And if anyone's interested in finding out more about Oran and what he's up to at Soul Search, then just just go to soulsearchprotocol.com and you can find out loads of information. 
information, look him up on LinkedIn. He's a young one, right? So you just need to type his name into the internet and it will come back and there will be. Moran, <laughs> in the meantime, thank you so much for coming on to You Block Who's podcast. Thanks very much, Tom. It's been a pleasure. 